don't know it. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 317. Jason Lindgren is with me and Dr. Lonnie Herman. Uh, we're going to get into healthful ideas here and some pretty exciting new ideas. Well, maybe they're not new ideas. They're new to our era, mostly. And we'll touch on things, uh, ideas put forward, like people like Dr. Emoto, uh, Royal Raymond Reif, and other things. This is about so many things that I have an interest in. Uh, the health of the human body, what I typically call cymatics, which is the idea that if it exists, it vibrates, or you could extend that out and say it has a frequency. We're going to touch on many of these things. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Good morning. So how's it? We got anything for the intro? No, not at the moment. Let's do it then. Welcome, Dr. Herman. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me on. Hey, it's great to catch up with you. We tried this once before, but the internets were not cooperating, so we had to retool and uh, come back at it. Anyhow, do you want to jump in where the bullet points are leading us, or would you like to lead somewhere else to begin? Wherever you'd like to begin. I could, uh, I could really start anywhere. I mean, the healing power that we have with this work is amazing, and I'd love to share it with everyone, and, um, and that just depends on where you'd like to start. You are the host. I guess what I'd like to do, uh, people have followed, I've tried to do so much to underscore the importance of cymatics as a temporarily lost art, uh, which absolutely relates to health ideas or true medicine. So why don't you give an overview? We'll start there with the idea that things have frequencies. These can be known things and these can be useful things. How about if we start there? Sure. Uh, well, from what I understand, and what I've been doing with this work for more than eight years right now, uh, from what I understand, and helping people heal from seriously chronic ailments of chronic pain and, and various neurological disorders and other systemic disorders, cardiovascular disorders and endocrine disorders, and, and really the list goes on from there. And I can expand on that if you wish uh, later on in this discussion. Uh, but from what I understand from my research in biophysics and in quantum physics, and I'm just talking about like dabbling in those arenas is that every tissue in the body, the bottom line is every tissue in the body has its own individual frequency. And, uh, you know, the heart is called the heart, which is not called an ovary and the ovary is not a thyroid and, and, and uh, thyroid is not the bone marrow. So every individual tissue has its own individual frequency or energy level. And the same goes for all these different organisms, which can infect the body and toxins that can also cause stress in the body. Uh, infections like bacteria, for example, we have staph bacteria, we have streptococcus bacteria, we have E. coli bacteria, gonorrhea bacteria, uh, and many, many more kinds of uh, bacterial organisms. And each bacteria has its own specific individual frequency, even though they're under the whole umbrella of the or the family of bacteria, each individual organism is named different because they all have their own individual actions or their own individual frequency, their own individual energy level. And the same goes for uh, things like heavy metals that can get in the body. You know, lead is not, uh, is not aluminum. Aluminum is not uh, chlorine or chloride or, or arsenic. So all these different chemicals, different heavy metals, uh, different types of pesticides and, and other types of toxins that invade the human body, that make the body sick, that weigh the body down, they all have their own individual frequencies. And um, what I've come to realize over time is that it, it, it's the energy that we've got to put into the cell of the human being 
to be able to get the right function, to get the optimal function out of that human cell. If that can make some sense, or we can expand upon that if you wish. Right. So to tie back where we're about to go here, uh, I'm going to reference an older show where I was talking about the old alchemist out in his garden looking for a cure for some person he was trying to help, some human being he was trying to help. And lo and behold, he's aware of the sky clock, how the colors are coded out to the to the zodiacal signs, uh, how the human body relates to that. And lo and behold, he sees a flower. It's blue and it has 20 or more petals. And instantly from that cursory glance, he knows something about the vibratory rate. He knows from the color something about the vibratory rate. He knows that it is feminine, feminine, probably negative in polarity, all these things. So to tie it back to things we've covered before, um, now you can relate this in. So, I mean, I'll cue it up by saying if someone had like some parasite, like a hookworm or something, that in fact has its own frequency, right? Because if it exists, it has a frequency or vibration rate, which means and you're going to have to correct me if I blow this. There's an old device that we've covered a couple of times called a, some kind of Tesla device where it would vibrate a resonance and they'd put it on a bridge and they'd leave it until the entirety of the bridge reached that resonance. And then it would simply fall to the ground. Is that similar to what we're going to get into here? Absolutely. Absolutely. As, uh, and uh, if I can also bring up a name that you mentioned earlier, Royal Raymond Rife, who said that when we can impose the same frequency, what you just mentioned, that the cell, the infection, let's say the hookworm that was in the cell would actually reach a mortal oscillatory rate. It would just destroy itself. What you're saying is literally come apart, right? It kind of dissolves. Yep. That's it. Okay. So let's, let's get into it. Uh, if, if you were treating a real living man or a woman, um, how do you get going? How do you decide what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. How do you identify those vibratory rates called frequencies um, that you're interested in locating and targeting? Well, the great thing that I have is, and which was created by biophysicists, I have a series of samples of frequencies of the different tissues of the human body. So everything from head to toe, whether it's the skin, the hair follicle, the sweat gland, the frontal lobe of the human brain, the parietal lobe of the human brain, the uh, cerebral arteries, the thyroid gland, stomach, the liver, the gallbladder, and I can mention all of these different tissues. We have samples of these different tissues in, in small uh, vials, uh, which have the label of each individual tissue on them. So personally, I did not go in through and study all the different frequencies of these and be able to measure them and, and, uh, and store them, but I got these from a certain company, which stated that these were tissue samples of the human body from head to toe, whether it's a man or a woman, every part of the female human reproductive system, the ovary, the uterus, uh, the cervix, for the men, all the tissues uh, of the human body. So there is a, a device using a, a, a piece of metal. It's using actually aluminum with, uh, with a copper wire and just how a one battery, you know, when somebody gets a flat, uh, excuse me, a, a dead battery in a car, we can transfer the energy of the healthy battery, jumpstart the car, we can transfer the energy of the healthy battery over to the dead battery and start up that car that had the dead battery in it. So we don't ever see how the energy travels through that wire called the jumper cable, but we know that it works because the car starts up again. Even though we never went to school about physics or engineering about that, we all know that we could jumpstart a vehicle. Well, uh, somebody created this device. It's made of aluminum. It's an aluminum platform. 
And there is a copper wire that connects to this aluminum wand. That's about the size of, let's say, a pen that somebody's holding in their hand. And I can do with a person a stress reflex test, which will determine if they're weakened by a certain function, which I created this system that I call the rapid health restoration system. And when, for example, if I was to shine a light in somebody's pupil, I could see the pupil reflex occur. And yet, when I take away the light, the reflex disappears. But I can measure with this type of testing that I do if the whole body became stressed by the light shining into that pupil. And now I take these different tissue samples of, let's say, the frontal lobe of the brain or the stomach, and I put them individually, one at a time, down on this testing equipment. And what we've realized and what these scientists realized is that the body, the human body, can actually measure its own tissue compared to what the proper optimal frequency of, let's say, the stomach is. So let's say when I shine the light in the left pupil, the pupil reflex occurs, and I notice that the whole body becomes stressed with that light reflex in the eye. When I take a sample of the human stomach tissue sample, put it on the testing equipment, the human body that I'm testing will measure its own stomach and compare that stomach, its own stomach, to the per perfect human stomach frequency. And let's just say that the reflex leaves the body, the stress reflex leaves. Then I know instantly that the person's body is stressed in its stomach, which is making them stressed to that light entering the pupil. Does that make sense to you, the way I'm describing that? Yeah, I'm with you all the way. So once I find that the stomach was the answer, let's just go with a quick uh, description. Because let's say, for example, I chose the frontal lobe of the brain first before I went to the stomach. When I put the frontal lobe down, the human body that I'm testing measures its own frontal lobe compared to the perfect human frontal lobe frequency. And if it's not the reason why the person is stressed by the light entering their eye, then the body stays in a stressed state, it stays in a weakened state. I put the frontal lobe sample away, I take the stomach and I put it down in the testing equipment. And again, the person is measuring the frequency of the stomach compared to what a perfect stomach is. And the body comes out of stress. The person's body just told me instantly that it would be less stressed, it'll be healthier, it'll be stronger if we find out what's in the stomach. But now we can actually go through another reflex test where we can find out that stomach, let's say the hookworm is not the answer, but we find out there's uh, a candida infection, a yeast-like fungus. That is what we have to get out of the stomach to keep the body stronger. So there's a reflex analysis that we could find through many different functions of the human body that I created, or I created a system to measure all the different human functions of the body. And we can determine whether it's the stomach that's stressed by an infection or it's the kidney uh, tissue that has, let's say, mercury in it or lead is in there, or there's a pesticide or a, a parasite or, or so on. So it, it gets a bit deeper than that. And I described this for those who are really interested in understanding a much deeper understanding. I did create a video where I described this in much better detail. It's about a 30-minute video that is connected to my website, which I can bring up much later in this discussion. We'll have to get you into comments under the full episode. Uh, as usual, I was remiss when I got you in to give your, your information on how to find you. But when we get you into comments, I'm hoping you'll put each and every link that you think is salient. But let me make a point here. For all the folks in the forum who got interested in cymatics, if you heard what Dr. Herman just said, they're getting basically a cymatic map <clears throat> Excuse me, of the human body. Uh, when I was when I met Dr. Herman, this is where I went in hook, line, and sinker. And so I got to ask: um, Is this kind of data going to be held tightly 
by people who are acquiring it? Or is this the kind of data that could be shared freely, a map of the vibratory rates of human tissues? I'm not sure I totally understand. So say you know what the frequency for heart tissue is or something like that. Is that openly shared information or is it closely held? You know what? I'll tell you that uh, there's a couple of scientists I'd have to really ask about that information and get that back to you. Uh, because where I uh, acquired these tissue samples from, I didn't look up the individual frequency numbers. So to speak. I didn't look up those individual answers that you're asking for. So I'd have to see if I can get that for you. I can get tissue samples for people labeled with these, uh, whether it's the heart, it's the mitral valve of the heart, it's the thyroid gland, and so on. If they want them, it, it is, they can acquire them. It's available. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would ask is, since we know uh, people like you and I, that all color is because of vibratory rate, uh, is there any mapping that starts to go into color spectrum? Is that any part of this? Or am I, or am I leaving the mainstream here? No, you've got you got the right you got the right information. At least from what I studied, when I studied about Royal Raymond Rife, he was describing that about the colors, and you know, a lot of other scientists have described about the colors. But I don't have that as a as something that I need to utilize or or even understand in order to do the kind of work that I'm doing to help the human body heal from chronic disease. So to me, to me, what you're describing is the brave new good world, not the brave new bad world. When that cymatic map gets developed out and things like color or maybe the unique differences between certain races, say a heart vibrates for most Chinese people at a rate, most Caucasians, these ideas, that map gets extruded out until it becomes an encyclopedia. And from my way of thinking, that's where real health starts to be derived. But Jason, you want to get in here? So are the frequencies consistent from person to person or do individual human beings have their own frequency per se? From what I understand, and this is again from dabbling in research in biophysics, is that the healthy human tissue, the healthiest human tissue has its own individual frequency, and that is for every human being on the planet. So if we can just make up a number, and I'm using something that most people can be familiar with, like an FM radio station, 102.7 or 103.5 or, or so on, those individual radio waves or frequencies, the, let's just call the heart, and I'm making this up, hypothetically speaking, that the heart is 102.7. And let's say the mitral valve on the heart is 103.5. And that would be for every human being. Yet the, 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 what we run into with most, I should say most people, because I haven't had the luxury or opportunity of studying over 7 billion people on the planet, only met uh, you know, people who are very ill with chronic ailments, is that we have become, as a human race, so bombarded by so many different chemicals. There's so much pollution that we're even born with in our body. There's so many different infections of various kinds, from molds and parasites and bacteria and fungus that get into the human tissues. And we can even be born with these infections as well, which it degrades our performance from the get-go, from even pre-birth. Yet, from what, again, from what I understand is that each tissue, the perfect human tissue for the heart has a certain frequency. The perfect human tissue for the kidney has a certain frequency. The perfect human tissue for the stomach has a certain frequency. And so that's what we have in these samples and the, to study the body with in this method that I, that I work with. But I have yet to meet a human being who has a perfect any tissue for that matter. Because we're, we're bombarded, we're absorbed so many different chemicals and infections that it's just incredible, uh, really, how we're functioning in today's day. 
So this is so, so exciting. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, 20 episodes ago, we were talking about the idea and this became known through the so-called Violet Ray or Tesla device that each human has almost like a cord, like the whole of a human being is some vibratory rate. And the claim by the old Christian mystics was that if you could know that rate of vibration, get a violin and slowly stroke uh, on a violin rhythmically, that you could recharge the entirety of your being. That's one thing they were putting forward a hundred years ago. And then think about what we just said about Tesla, where he knows if you put a vibratory resonance on a thing that's there long enough till the whole damn thing is one resonance, it pretty much disintegrates. Um, so it's, it's almost like that's one extreme to the other, but I was thinking as you were talking, if you had someone who needed healing and came in, does this get to the point where the room you're doing in this in needs to be like a Faraday cage so that all the EMF and all that doesn't mess with your vibratory measurements? You are so right. You're so right. Yes. It's so important. There's a few things that can interfere, not can do totally 100% interfere in the proper reading of the human being. Uh, the EMFs we have to deal with, and I've got that in my clinic, as well as in my home, we've protected every different uh, uh, area of electrical interference that can block the reading of the human being. And that includes people can't come in with their cell phones. They can't come <laughs> in with their electronic car key that unlocks the car door. They can't use certain uh, devices in my clinic, even with a watch, with a battery on their watch cannot be in the clinic uh, where it would interfere in the reading that we're doing. Uh, any kind of electrical device, even battery operated device would interfere. And furthermore, the whole clinic, we're protected in the clinic from the electricity, even from the cell phone towers that are outside, the Wi-Fi towers outside, people walking by the front door with their electronic device, which can get right through the wall and interfere in the reading. So yes, EMFs are important to understand and deal with. Uh, the other thing is that we as human beings, we are like a magnet, literally. I shouldn't even say like a magnet. We are a magnet. We absorb, what we found with this work is that we absorb the electrical currents of all these different electrical devices. And there's a way that I test for that as well. And what we'll get into in a little while, using water as a healing substance, you make remedies that will remove that electrical current from the human body. So for example, if somebody went into an x-ray machine at some point in their life, which is probably most of us, if not all of us, the x-ray stays in the body. Well, that x-ray energy in the body, even inside a Faraday cage, the x-ray energy is still in that human's body. And that x-ray is going to interfere with the proper reading. It creates an interference. So we have remedies to remove the x-ray. Uh, even the cell phone. If somebody had used the cell phone for just five seconds uh, before they walked into the clinic and they turned off their phone, now we have all the electromagnetic field protection in the clinic to stop the interference, the electricity from getting into the person's body. The person used their cell phone before they came in. That cell phone energy, microwave energy, is in their body and will constantly cause an interference in reading their tissues. So again, we have remedies for all these different, there's 16 different EMFs that I've got to measure and remedy to remove these EMFs from their body before I can even begin testing them. If, which I always want to, get the best reading for the person so that they can heal the fastest. And I'll take it a, a step further is that what we've also discovered is that there's many other things on the body and in the body that would also create an interference. 
Uh, and that goes for things like um, the fillings in their teeth, the crowns, the caps on their teeth, a root canal in the mouth, and, and there's many more. Even they can't wear jewelry, their clothing, synthetic materials touching the skin create an interference. Uh, so there's a lot of prep work that we have to do. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes just to be able to get the person prepped for the type of examination uh, that I do to create the best healing protocol. Because the only thing that matters is getting that sick person well in the shortest period of time possible. We're proving it, even with paralysis cases. To uh, you know, I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of testimonials and before and after videos proving the case of what we're doing. So yes, I'm listening you describe it. Um, I'm guessing one of the side effects is anyone who goes through this process has to face the reality of the way we live now. It's almost like when they walk in, you got to ground them. <laughs> to get yep, them to it. get them zeroed out again and you're going to be asking them are you wearing polyester how many fillings do you have by the way do you have an iphone um all these things um and when a person is forced to look at these ubiquitous i don't know what to call them devices in our lives they have really no idea do they if we could go back in time 100 years ago can you imagine the difference between examining someone's body 100 years ago if we had these tools from what it is now I've always wondered that it would be a beautiful thing to be able to go back in time and do the same thing. You'd have that benchmark, wouldn't you? You know what I mean? You'd have the, you'd have the zero state. Yeah. At least closer to it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. There's so much EMF pollution in the environment. It's just incredible. And now people are not really looking at that. Most people, I should say, people like us are looking at that, but not most people out there. They don't even realize how damaging uh, these electronic devices are. It's not just a device, but even the, circuit breaker on the wall, the outlets in the room, the lighting that's in the room. There's, we've had to take, it took, it probably took me about five years of research and five years of work, to, of diligence. And I'm talking a lot of hours to be able to figure out all these different uh, blocks of people or interferences that are, that are not letting us get the best answer. So yeah, there's a lot of things. If I'm correctly sensing where we're about to go here, should we take a minute to readdress the work of Dr. Emoto? Sure. And just so people know, this is this is not questionable. This is proven out, and I I even had to do it myself. The way I did it is I took an orgone device um, and I put it underwater and froze it in the freezer, and it makes a pattern in the ice. And so I took the same orgone device and I did other things. I would put negative words, terrible words like murder or torture. And then I would put wonderful words like love and compassion. There's absolutely a provable difference. And you can go online and look up the work of Dr. Emoto to get much more on it. But that's going to play into where we're going, isn't it, Dr. Herman? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just, just the spoken word or even the thought. Uh, what, you know, that saying thoughts make things. Well, what Dr. Emoto proved is that you can, he can think over the water uh, a love, you could think hate over the water, and it would create two different, totally different appearances. And there's images, as you just said, there's images online that prove his work. And it, it's really crazy beautiful. images, striking crazy. images. Yeah. Just the difference from the words, I can do it, to the word, I can't do it. It created almost the same image, except the word, I can't do it, created the image broken, like having a marble that was cracked in half. Uh, from I can do it to I can't do it. So uh, it, it really is incredible how the energy can change the structure of the water. And uh, that's where we're going with this healing. So let me jump in here real quick. 
think about what we're saying. And we've recently talked about egregores, or some people like to call them egregor because it's closer to the spelling. I think it's pronounced most places in the world, egregore. The idea behind an egregore is if I can convince 100 million people to believe this thing is true, that is not true, then it exists. And people have problems with this, but I'm sure as Dr. Herman will tell you, your thoughts have a vibratory rate. So if you get 100 million people thinking, there's the creation of your egregore. Now there's actual vibration in the world. But think about this, and I want you to address this. After I started learning all this, like, I don't know, close to 20 years ago, I think, I started going into the grocery store and looking, because I did the free the freezing test that I told you, I started looking at all the things, the colors and the symbols and the words written on packaging. And I began to realize just how far we have kind of tumbled. You know where I'm going here? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it really is just amazing. I mean, even just writing the word and putting it on a glass of water, Dr. Emoto proved that he could change the structure of the water. So if he wrote the word peace on, the, on, on a glass and poured water in there, the water would become a symbol of peace under the microscope. And so there's a lot of, uh, really, in the, in the supermarket, there's a lot of dead energy. There's a lot of bad energy. It's, it's, it's terrible. Now think about walking into the church with the holy water up there. You're starting to catch on why the holy water was a thing. <laughs> then you got to start questioning, well, who was the guy who blessed this and what was his intention? At, at one point in my life, Dr. Herman, I was actually ripping the labels off peanut butter and putting a love label on them um, because I was so, I was, you know, I was beginning to dawn on me uh, all that we don't know. Yeah, everything we put in. I mean, the water in my house, that's what we have. We have the words prosperity on our water bottles, <laughs> love on the water bottle. Good for you. I, I have the same thing on the tap. I have a, a small positive pyramid orgone device on my tap from the well. I'm doing the same thing you are, and I would urge people, go freeze water, even if you just have a magnet or a small orgone device, do the experiments, and it's undeniable. That's all I can tell you. All right, where should we go here? We did the Dr. Emoto queue up where this man was one of the first or the first we're aware of to prove that guess what? Your intention is a thought. Guess what? Your thought has a vibration. So that means that your intentions and thought vibrations can be embedded and then memorized in water. So that was the whole point of that. You want to pick up there, Dr. Herman? I think if we can move into the other work uh, as well about, there was a Dr. Uh, Jacques Benveniste in Europe who had discovered that he was able to, in the laboratory, create a, uh, a stress response in a guinea pig. I, so I really think if we can get into the discussion of the water and what they discovered, that they were able to create in the body of a living and then dead being using the water. Uh, if I can expand on that a moment here. Go ahead. Just please don't kill the guinea pig. Yeah, well, but that's what happened. So I didn't kill the guinea pig. I, I, I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. Go ahead. Yeah. So Dr. Benveniste, what he did was he, he and his, uh, and his uh, assistants were able to create an allergy in the guinea pig to egg whites. So it created this allergic response where the uh, guinea pig would have a rapid heart rate problem, would have a very strange stress reaction in the body, reactions on the skin the egg white, and again, the tachycardia rapid heart rate that developed. Then they did, uh, sorry to say that they did uh, not keep the guinea pig living. They took the heart from that guinea pig and they put it, they connected it to a machine in the laboratory and they 
had it connected to an EKG machine and they drizzled over that guinea pig's heart, the egg white, and it created the same exact response in the heart as when the guinea pig was alive. <clears throat> then what they did was they, they created these machines. When I brought up earlier in this discussion about how like jumper, a jumper cable works, you know, the energy from one battery goes to the energy of the dead battery. We could jumpstart that car. They created a machine that would, what he believed would, could transfer the energy of the egg white to water. He was measuring the frequency of the egg white. He'd measure the frequency of the water. I'll give a, a hypothetical example here that the water was zero frequency. The egg white, let's call it like an FM radio dial 100.7 for the egg white. You put the egg white in a part of the machine, put the water in the other part of the machine with a cable attached, these two units, turn the machine on, and a few minutes later turned it off. When he took out the egg white, it was still 100.7. The water that was zero going in the machine now became 100.7. It was an identical energetic or frequency copy of the egg white. You put the water, that one, that a copy of the egg white uh, uh, frequency in the water, they put that in a tube, connected that tube with wires to the heart of the guinea pig that was in the machine that they were studying with the EKG monitor. And when they connected that water, that was the egg white water now, there was no egg white in the water, but it was the energy that was programmed were embedded in that water. That part of the guinea pig had the same response to the water that it had to the egg white, that it had when the guinea pig was alive. So what Dr. Benveniste proved is that water can carry frequency and water can actually hurt, and we can go to the other way, it can heal a person or an animal when we use it in the way that we want to be able to use that water, when we can program that water the way that we want to program it to be able to help the person heal. We should make the point that there is a specific reason egg white was used in this example. If you consider what an egg is and how primordial or foundational the idea of egg white is, and I will refer everyone again to the book called The Antichrist by Dr. George Curtis. In that book, I think he refers to the egg white as albumin. I hope I have that right. A hundred years ago, they're going into these ideas and they're expressing damn near verbatim in a not so modern way that Dr. Herman is. But if you guys wanted a reason to, to read that book, there's another one. It's going down these same roads. So what was the first thing that got your attention originally that uh, this is the way to go to try and heal? Yeah, I'll tell you, many, thank you. Many years ago, when I first started out as a physician, I, I, I'll tell you, when I was a, when I was a kid, was, uh, my mother told me, you know, pick, become a doctor, a dentist, or a lawyer. Where's mom? That's what she said. So I just picked, I like sports. I like working out and my brother got hurt and the chiropractor helped him get better. So I chose chiropractic first when I was a, just a teenager. I didn't know what I was getting into, uh, but quickly, once I got out of school and started working in that field, I realized it wasn't as good. It wasn't doing enough for people. Let's just put it that way. And I was, it was, it was, it, I just felt very limited and I had to expand on uh, at least the knowledge that I gained in that school. And I went through various studies for 10 years in neurology and neurochemistry and immunology, endocrinology, balance disorders, psychiatry, psychology, and and there's a very long list here of developmental disorders in kids with the autism spectrum. And I'll tell you, in in those studies in immunology, uh, 
the PhD doctor, his name is Dr. Uh, Aristo Vojdani. He's still alive now, and he's very well known, over 40 years in the immunology industry. He, um, who actually discovered and has patented some antibodies that he discovered in the laboratory that attack, you know, immune attack against certain tissues in the body. And one thing that he pointed out to us, and there were, I'll tell you, dozens and dozens and dozens of research papers that he gave out to us in this immunology uh, program I took, uh, he proved to us that it was all these chronic ailments. Because I was looking for answers when people couldn't get well from, from whether it was rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or MS, I always felt that there is a way to get the person better. There is an answer. There is a way to reverse the disease, is what I believe, and, uh, and through various research. Uh, so Dr. Vajdani had pointed out in these research papers that it was all these diseases were caused by two things, infections, bacteria, parasites, uh, mold, fungi that would get in the tissues and cause things like arthritis or cause lupus or cause MS or cause diabetes uh, and, and many other chronic ailments. But he also, and he also uh, proved that it was chemicals in the tissues, like a person's thyroid disease could be from a mercury filling that was in the tooth and the mercury seeped from the tooth through the blood vessel and the jaw down to the thyroid gland. And the thyroid second have, instead of a person getting their thyroid medication, get the mercury out of the thyroid gland. Well, I spoke with him on the phone uh, one day, thanking him for you know, expanding my brain, that it was all proven that it's infections and chemicals that make the body get sick. And he, uh, he told me that there was no laboratory that, that he knew of that I could use. You know, it's not like I'm going to have a person come into my clinic and say, oh, you've got a thyroid disease. Let's take a biopsy of your thyroid and send it across to different laboratories around the world and find out why your thyroid is ill and not working well. Well, uh, he just told me, he said, at least now you know, now go on your journey to find the answer, basically is what he, is what he uh, told me. And then I came across Dr. Royal Reif's uh, work about frequencies of organisms and tissues. And I started working with the Reif machine, yet I wasn't seeing the most miraculous results that I thought I, could, uh, that I, thought I would find, that I, that I was hoping to see with people. And I stumbled across a doctor who's a, a medical physician up in New York. He's a brilliant, he's one of my great mentors out of many I've had over the years. Uh, his name is Dr. Yurkovsky. And he is the one who proposed and had testimonials of patients. He's the one who proposed that we could actually study right inside the tissue sample of, let's say, the stomach or the heart or the brain, for example, and find out which organism is in there use these water uh, remedies with frequencies that we'd embed in them and be able to knock out that organism or the chemical from the tissue. So I had met with Dr. Yurkovsky and uh, started to study his work. And uh, from there, uh, it wasn't the easiest run in the beginning, but once I started to really uh, grasp this work and develop what I believe is a, is a much greater system of analysis of the human body, I mean, the results have been uh, just truly incredible. So it was Dr. Yurkovsky where I discovered, uh, he's a cardiologist, by the way, who I discovered these uh, samples from and being able to make a remedy using the frequencies in the water to uh, knock out the organism or knock out the chemical that's in the tissue that's causing the tissue to not be able to function properly. Uh, so we've, we've literally seen people who couldn't move their foot, who had paralysis of uh, drop foot where they couldn't move the foot in their ankle I've got video proof of this, being able to walk within six months normally without any medication, uh, dementia, they have perfect memory after a couple of treatments. I mean, there's so many different disorders 
chronic migraine headaches of 40 years, the migraines are gone because we've been able to remove the infections of chemicals from the tissues. Can we double back for a second and go and talk a bit about the dementia? There are, you have no idea how many emails I get and I'm dealing with it myself in my household. Can you get a little further into the idea of treating dementia, please? Yes, sure. Thank you. Uh, so uh, first of all, I'll say that the body as a whole, we have to understand a few things. Number one is that diet does matter. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make any general statement, but I will tell you that diet matters because and I can expand on that in this discussion, or we can have another discussion, whatever you want and tell me, uh, because the foods, when somebody does have stress to a food, they may not realize that they have a stress to a food. Uh, so I'll come back to the food in a little while, but foods can cause reactions in the body, even with a memory loss, even a memory loss, but it's not the food that we have to blame. That is if it's organic, we certainly, we're not blaming the food, but we, what we are blaming is the infection that's in the tissue of the brain or the body that makes the person have a stress reaction to the food, even if they don't realize they're having a reaction to the food, because a reaction to a food doesn't mean that they're going to get a high blood sugar, like a diabetic. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have a rash on the body or have a stomach ache. They can have a reaction where the brain becomes foggy and they can't think clearly because of eating a tomato or eating chicken or eating or having food that is fine for them, but it's the black pepper that caused the problem. It's the black pepper, the condiment, the spice can actually seasoning, the oil that they're using and be hurting them. Even the water that they're drinking, by the way, even if we put the proper energy into the water, the water may be toxic, carrying lead or something that could be poisoning the body. So we have to understand about diet. Again, I can expand on that. Uh, the other thing when it comes to dementia that we've really got to understand is that dental work or lack thereof dental work can actually be diseasing the brain as well. All of our teeth are connected to the human brain and the body, therefore, through blood vessels and nerves. Literally, all your teeth have blood vessels and nerves, which are connected to the jawbone, the upper and lower jawbone which are also connected through these blood vessels and nerves to the blood vessels and nerves that are in your neck, which go to your brain and go to your organs. So there can be disease in a tooth that causes a problem in the brain that can cause dementia. Now, getting right to the point here is that I have samples. Well, we have three parts of the brain in particular. Let's go with this. We have three parts of the brain in particular that are for memory, directly memory. Number one, there's an area of the brain that's on the right side of our brain above the right ear, and on the left side of the brain above the left ear, called the hippocampus. Hippocampus, which I have a sample of the hippocampus in my clinic, so I can study it. I can find what's in it, meaning an infection or series of infections and or chemicals that are in the hippocampus that are degrading its function. And then we can use water with the frequency embedded of the hippocampus in the water. Let's say it's mercury from a tooth I found in the hippocampus in my study of the patient. You can take a remedy of the hippocampus with the mercury to get the mercury out of, it'll counteract the energy of the mercury that's in the hippocampus of the brain and rid the mercury from that tissue. So that hippocampus, which is long-term long -term memory part of the brain, the hippocampus, it's, it's your storage file, so to speak. And so we can clean out that tissue so the person has a better chance of improving their memory. When I say a better chance, it's because there's another part of the brain, actually two more, that are really important to understand, which is we have it on the left, right side of the brain and the left side of the brain called the temporal lobe or temporal lobe. Both right and left temporal lobe is also about the memory, uh, memory of the brain, which also includes our sense of smell, by the way, and it also includes part of our vision. 
So uh, the temporal lobe we've got to study, and again, any infection, any chemical can seep into the temporal lobe in addition to the hippocampus, which can cause degradation or will cause degradation in the ability to remember things. And even for some people with dementia, they have a hard time of finding words to say the word. Uh, and furthermore, we have another cognitive part of the brain that's also connected to our memory loop in the brain, or the frontal lobe. So these three parts of the brain, the frontal lobe, temporal lobe, and the hippocampus, we've got to study those. And we've got to find which infections, and this, I'll tell you, with my system, with this method that I work with every day in my clinic, I'm seeing, and I've got video proof of uh, testimonials of what I'm talking about here. I've had people come in with serious dementia, and they have a sharp brain now. Family members were excited and just excited to make video testimonial with me with their loved one. I'm just talking about how clear the brain was. We had one woman, I'll get right back to my description for you, but we had a woman who for three years, she couldn't remember where she lived. She couldn't remember the street she lived on. She couldn't remember family members. She couldn't remember people in her church. Uh, the the uh, doctor, the family doctor told the husband he was going to have to just let the wife go because there's nothing that they could do. She was worse. She couldn't get out of a wheelchair. She couldn't walk anymore. And it was about three treatments. We had to clean out her mouth. Her mouth had some infection and chemicals that I found tied to her brain and her spinal cord and to certain organs. The teeth were diseased in the brain and the cord and the organs. And when we cleaned out those teeth and cleaned out the parts of the brain and the organs and the spinal cord, and these infections and chemicals partially caused by the teeth, this woman was able to get up, and I have proof of this on video, get up out of the wheelchair with no assistance. She has memory. She can remember everybody around her. She remembers members in the church. She remembers family members. She remembers the street she lives on. The husband couldn't believe. He was excited. He could believe, but he was just so just like amazed, literally, that his wife's brain was sharper than it was in years prior meeting me. So again, we've got to be able to find in these parts of the brain which infections and chemicals have gotten into them that are causing them to not work well whether it's the person drinking water that they used even prior to, let's say they had a, they had, they used, drank from tap water for 10 years and then they got a filter. So now they drink only bottled water, which is not always the safest thing, by the way, there's pollutants in, in most bottled waters which I've measured, uh, radon in water, arsenic is in water, lead could be in the water, poisoning us, a slow drip of poison every day, poisoning the body. Uh, so we've got to be able to measure their, their teeth, measure if those teeth are poisoning the brain and the body for dementia. You've got to be able to measure the, the foods, the reaction to the foods, get them off of the foods that are actually weakening them, weakening their brain. But it's also that they don't have to remain in a restricted diet for the rest of their life. You've got to be able to find why. One of my great mentors in the past several years, he was a biochemist. And he told me it wasn't the food that caused the reaction uh, the sensitivity or the allergic reaction or the weakening of the body, the infection that also in the body that got excited by the food or stressed by the food. And we can find out which, which infections are in which tissues that are causing the reaction to the food and clean out those infections from the tissues of the brain and the body so that they don't have the reaction to the food anymore. They don't have to, they don't have to stay on that diet restriction anymore. And we'd see the healing happen for the person's body. And that's, that's really the bottom line. So we've got to get into those brain tissues. I'll take it even a step further, the blood vessels, because I have a sample. I have samples of all the different blood vessels in the human brain and the blood vessels of the body. 
So I can go right to the individual blood vessel, find out if there's infection in that blood vessel, and make a remedy of that blood vessel and of the infection that's in it. Let's say there's candida fungus that got into that blood vessel that brings the blood to, let's say, the hippocampus. You've got to be able to make a remedy to knock out that infection from the blood vessel to the hippocampus. So that blood vessel can now, A, carry the proper amount of oxygen in the blood to the hippocampus in the brain so the person can begin to remember things better, have a better, clearer head, brain, for that matter. But also, B, we've got to be able to remove the infection from that blood vessel to stop the immune system from attacking the blood vessel where the infection is. Because when the immune system is doing its job to attack the blood vessel where the infection uh, is in that blood vessel that brings the blood to a memory part of the brain, that immune system attack is going to cause an inflammation pattern. That inflammation pattern is also going to degrade the ability of that human being to remember things. So, and that same goes for Alzheimer's. My studies of neurochemistry and immunology, again, the same thing was proven that there are certain proteins that develop in the brain in Alzheimer's that make the degradation of the brain occur. Uh, but it was, again, it was all pointed to the fact that different infections and chemicals cause these different protein deposits in the brain to make the brain not to be able to behave well and to make a, uh, a diseased appearance in an MRI or, or a CT scan of the human brain. And that can all be reversed, I believe. I'm going to try to jam this in. I want to get your reaction to this, Dr. Herman. Recently, I've been doing studies. Um, I'm big on information that comes before what I call the modern edit. I ironically mark the, the modern edit around 1911. So 100 years ago and well before, people like Dr. Carey, who I mentioned earlier, who wrote the book, Salt of Salvation, were saying these things. And for the life of me, as I hear you speak, you guys are saying almost the identical things, maybe in slightly different ways, but here's what happened in my household. Uh, I take care of a 90-year-old mother. She got dementia and it onset quickly. So the first things I did is I talked to people like Clive and Amanda and all the other people we've had on, and here's the first treatments I tried to do, which helped, by the way. I took organic coconut butter, and I was putting a couple teaspoons in at least a couple drinks a day to get the good fat in. Um, and this plays on the idea that if you took a, a, an old person's brain and desiccated it, what's left is fat. And, you know, somehow that gets diminished over a lifetime. But the other thing is I use Clive's iodine, a few drops and fulvic minerals. Now there was an improvement. And then I thought, wow, how could this be so easy? Um, everyone's, you know, everyone acts like once dementia is there, that's all there is. But then I started slipping back. Meanwhile, I'm reading what Dr. Carey and other mystics had written, and here's their claim, and this is where I want to get, get your reaction to it. Their claim is that the 12 cell salts make up the foundation of the work that your blood's going to do. So the inorganic cell salts are in your blood. Their claim is that most people think you go out to the garden, pick a carrot, you eat the carrot, and that carrot you ate builds your body, the blood, the tissue, the bone. They say that's not the way it works. What they claim is the 12 cell salts are being extracted from the food you ate. Then when you breathe, it is actually the air you are breathing in that does the conversion to build the body. And they're tying this to the air age of Aquarius and all this other stuff. But here's the kicker. So my mom started slipping back quite regularly. Some, we had some really bad days. So I 
I said, how did I not think of this? I got on the phone with Amanda Vollmer and I got her melange of cell salts, which is all 12 in one tablet. And four times a day, I would melt two under her tongue. And the first day, the improvement was incredible. The second day, and since then, it's all been better, but we do have slippages, usually late at night when they're getting tired. Um, and I know that's a lot to put down. And by the way, just to tail it off, um, people may wonder why they're always encoding spiders and things. The same idea is applying here. The claim is by the older pre-modern edit people is that when a spider, nobody knows how a spider makes its web is one of the claims and they're doing a similar thing. It's the air or what they call the ether interacting with whatever is in them that creates the web, which is a similar idea. So can I get your reaction to that, these ideas? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I've, I've never worked with those faults. In other, other work that I've done prior to this with what I've been describing here with uh, frequency of the tissue and the infection and chemical that we can knock out that infection and chemical that's robbing that tissue of its normal function. A lot of other different types of minerals and, and, and supplements of different herbs and things that I was using with patients. And there were people who did reach a certain point of, let's say that they, they improved in their function, but they plateaued and we couldn't get them any better. And there were slippages. It was like, why are they good this day, but they're not good the next day, basically. Right. And I, what I totally feel, I mean, I'm, I'm so sold on this because of the results that I get. And I, there's nothing else. I believe that there is no other reality is that there's, there's the bottom line is there, there's things that are missing in, in that, that type of protocol that you're offering your mother. And while it's good to get good fats into the system, I love coconut oil. I love a lot. Of, we need good nutrition when there are the infections that haven't been found yet, and even still in the lungs, which is a very common place, and the sinuses, sinus cavities, a very common place that these different organisms live, they reside there. So let's just say, for example, that it is it, that their science that they told you that breathing activates, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but it does activate that soul to be able to create certain reactions in the body, positive reactions, positive responses. When we have blood cells that are two, I'm going to mention a few things here. When the red blood cell that goes to the lungs to release the carbon dioxide that we breathe out and grab the oxygen that we're breathing in at the moment, so that red blood cell can carry that oxygen up to the brain, for example, what would happen if uh, your mother's lungs have a fungus in them, or have a mold in them, or have some mercury in them, or have some pesticide chemicals? or has some Roundup weed killer from some food that she consumed that they allow in this country, you know, be in our food. What if it's got a bacteria in her lungs? Well, the red blood cell is going to pick up in the lungs, even if it's activating that salt, uh, it's going to, the red blood cell is also going to, when she breathes in, I'm sorry, even when breathing in, she can activate that salt. What about when the red blood cell picks up the organism that's also, or the chemical that's in the lungs and carries that infection or chemical up to a part of the brain where memory takes place? I'm so with you. And I'll, I'll tell you where my intuition is, Dr. Herman. My intuition has come around and my heart has come around to suspecting the root canal, which is where you started 100%. speaking. Um, there have been root canals. Yeah. And I, I think that's where it is. And I'll add one more thing because we're getting close to the top of the hour. The other weird thing is one day my sister comes over and cooks dinner and all of a sudden she's just like better after having kind of a spotty day. So, you know, me, what the hell was different? So I'm like going through the menu. And I realized there's asparagus and cashews here. I gave her cashews for lunch. 
My sister gave her asparagus with dinner. So I don't forget this. And I tell my wife, man, we got to get some good organic stuff here. Go get it. She brings it home and I give her these things on another day. Same result, much better. So this plays into what you're talking about. The foods either, you know, causing the the problem or not, but I'm going to wrap up Dr. Herman and we'll come back for the second hour, but I'm going to ask you to give all your contact information now. And if you don't have an account at crow777radio.com, please send myself or Rose an email and username, and you can get into comments. I guarantee you people are going to have a gazillion, if no other reason, the dementia thing alone, you're going to get wailed on for information. So please tell us where people can get a hold of you. And by the way, fair warning, if you give out an email address, you may be overwhelmed for weeks to come. Okay. Well, I'll give out two things. One, I'll give out the email address in a moment, and I'll give out my website. And on my website, I have a, a free ebook that uh, people can download and they can read. It's about 41 pages and they can read that as well. And look around on the website where I have a dementia page and many other diseases that I've helped with videos and testimonials and, and uh, written descriptions of the protocols that I provided people. So the website, and I'll spell it out, Website is www.dr for doctor, D R L O N N I E H E R M A N.com. That's drlaniherman.com. And my email address is clinic at drlaniherman.com. Okay, we're going to send you an email the day that this goes live and get you into the live section comments. Those comments will be specific to what we've covered here. Um, by the way, before I close up, is there a word? for the, I I don't know what to call it, your system, your methodology. Is there a word like, you know, something like Sima healing or whatever it might be? Is there a word that describes it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trademarking a couple of names right now. So one is we're calling this quantum energized medicine. And, uh, my, my method of what I'm doing is the rapid health restoration system. Okay. I kind of like the way you've gone at that because it seems to dodge censorship. Um, by first glance from me. But anyhow, I'm going to wrap it up, Jason. There's hour one of episode 317. Uh, I hope everyone will join us at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W 777radio.com for hour two. The new website is up. There's rapidly being things added. The forum's been redone. The comment section's been redone. Uh, how things display on handheld devices have been redone. Shortly, we're going to have a live chat and maybe much more than that. Anyhow, I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. And please join us at crow777radio.com for the, for the hour two. There it is, man. Cheers.
the enemies of knowing. Come.